This is Ham College, Episode 77, for May 31st, 2021. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. Be a field day leader this year with ICOM. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ham College. I'm Professor Thomas. And I'm Dean Martin. And it is going to be a hot time in the old town tonight. (laughs) It might be hotter than you think. Yeah, there's there's something emitting an electrical smoking smell in here. It might even be a little smoky in here. It, It is a little bit smoky. I can see it up there by the lights. Yeah. So if all of a sudden the fire alarm goes off and you see the faculty leaving. Try to keep up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, tonight's episode is, I don't think this, these are going to be as rough as they have been. At least I know they're not as tough as last week. Yeah, I heard uh, you and uh, General E. Cheap had a little bit of a tough time on that one. May have been records set on that one. We did. Um, Yeah, I think we had three buzzers on the last episode. It was a tough class, man. I believe that is. Yeah, I picked a good one to play hooky. Yeah, you did. Very good one. You're going to get off easy on this one. Uh, Last time, though, we talked about Radio Horizons, Ground Wave, Propagation prediction techniques and modeling of effects of space weather parameters on propagation. Sounds like fun stuff. Well, it is, and it's a lot harder once you start answering questions about it. I'm sure. So what are we talking about this time? That's a good question. Uh, Test equipment, analog and digital instruments, spectrum analyzers, antenna analyzers, oscilloscopes, RF measurements, and computer-aided measurements. If we're having a live show, there's usually a chat. Well, there's always a chat going on at amateurlogic.tv forward slash chat. There's quite a few people in there, and they kind of answer along the questions with us as we present them. And uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of hijinks going on in there. If we're doing the live show and you're not in the chat room, you're missing half the fun. Take it away. The question is... Which of the following limits the highest frequency signal that can be accurately displayed on a digital oscilloscope? Is it A, sampling rate of the analog-to-digital converter? B, the amount of memory? C, Q of the circuit? Or D, all of these choices are correct. Which of the following limits the highest frequency signal that can be accurately displayed? That's not the, I know it's not going to be all the uh, choices are correct because I don't think the amount of memory has anything to do with it. Um, I think it's going to be A, the sampling rate. That makes sense to me, the highest frequency. So it needs to be sampled fa- faster to, uh, yeah. to, be, able to, to, to uh, be able to detect it. I'll agree with you. I think it's A and... Those who are answering the test over in the chat room, so far, they're all saying A. A. Is that a Canadian A, or is that an A like Fonzie? Just like Fonzie. Okay. <clears throat> a really poor uh, imitation of it. Well, let's just see. And it is. Hey, we can do that for real this time. This Look at that. One. You know, it actually does work better. It does. Yeah. When you're like five miles away, it's just kind of Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out which side to... uh, Yeah. 
Which of the following parameters does the spectrum analyzer display on the vertical and horizontal axis? A, RF amplitude and time. B, RF amplitude and frequency. C, SWR and frequency. Or D, SWR and time. Which of the following parameters does a spectrum analyzer display on the vertical and horizontal axes? Okay. Spectrum analyzer doesn't display SWR at all, so you can rule out C and D right away. And then our choices are RF amplitude, for sure. That's got to be one of the answers. And the other, it's a choice of time or frequency. And I I just happen to know it's B, RF amplitude and frequency. What do you think? I agree. An oscilloscope uh, basically is A. Um, Yep. B B would make sense. That would be the spectrum analyzer. Yep. That's what everybody's saying over in the chat room. So, to everyone in the chat room. Here's to you. Yep. Okay. It's pretty good uh, under pressure, you know, the whole pressure with fire and all that stuff. It is. Smoke. So far. (laughs) Which of the following test instruments is used to display spurious signals and or intermodulation distortion products generated by an SSB transmitter? Is it A, a watt meter? B, a, a spectrum analyzer? C, a logic analyzer. Or D, a time domain reflectometer. Reflectometer. Which of the following test equipment, test instruments, is used to display spurious signals and or intermodulation distortion products? Now that's that's got to be B, a spectrum analyzer. A watt meter doesn't uh, do that. A logic analyzer doesn't do that. And I honestly don't know what a time domain reflectometer is, but it does, can't. I can't be right. It's got to be B, a spectrum analyzer. So everybody's saying it's B. So you say B's is B. Yeah, I'm saying it's B too. Well, I'd be right. Okay. We know it's not a watt meter. Definitely know that. And it's not a logic analyzer. Yeah, we know that too. And a time domain reflectometer. We now know that that's not it as well. No, and what it is, our time domain reflectometer does, is you can hook it to a transmission line and a piece of wire or whatever, and it shoots a pulse down that wire, and the thing measures how long it takes for that pulse to go out there and hit something and then reflect back to you. And you'll also see how much of a reflection there is, how much is reflected back. But it's the length there. That's why they're calling it uh, time domain, so that you can tell on a piece of transmission line Say it's a 100-foot piece of line, and you've got a splice in it at 50 feet, and you got water in that splice. The time domain reflectometer can tell you at 50 feet out, all of a sudden the impedance jumps way up or goes way down or, or something changes. It's something you would use to tell how far down a piece of transmission line an issue is. Okay. Uh, if you had several pieces of transmission line all coupled together, uh, and you had a real sensitive one, you could look out there and you'd see a little bump in the impedance everywhere there was a uh, connection a in it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That chip says used to find faults in long wire and or cable runs, yep. Kevin has a reflectometer in his bathroom just above the sink. That almost just flew right over. <laughs> I could see it. Yeah, you probably heard it buzzing yeah. by, didn't <laughs> How is the compensation of an oscilloscope probe typically adjusted? A, a square wave is displayed and the probe is adjusted until the horizontal portions of the displayed wave are as nearly flat as possible. 
B. A high-frequency sine wave is displayed and the probe is adjusted for maximum amplitude. C. A frequency standard is displayed and the probe is adjusted until the deflection time is accurate. Or D. A DC voltage standard is displayed and the probe is adjusted until the displayed voltage is accurate. How is the compensation of an oscilloscope probe typically adjusted? And this is one of those things I was thinking maybe we would look at tonight. It's not a a DC voltage that you're trying to adjust, so it's not D. C, a frequency standard is displayed. No. B, a high-frequency sine wave is displayed. No. Uh, Typically, it's a low-frequency signal, and it's a square wave that you're going to be looking at. So I'm saying it's A, a square wave is displayed, and the probe is adjusted until the horizontal position or the horizontal portions of the displayed wave are as nearly flat as possible. So on the side of most scopes, somewhere on the scope, there's a a calibration point where you can hook your probe on Mm -hmm. something, and you get a square wave there. Yeah, it's like a little one megahertz pulse. Mm -hmm. And if you flip your scope probe to, say, minus, or not minus, if you flip the probe to the times 10 position, you know, times 10, that just uh, basically uh, is a divider or an attenuator. Sort of, it reduces the signal, so whatever you're putting into the scope is going to be 10 times as high as as what the display says. But, you know, there's a place in your scope to tell it on these new ones, whether or not you're using a times 1 or a times 10 setting. But if you put it on times 10, it becomes pretty obvious that square wave, you know, should be nice and square corners on it. They'll kind of droop or, or go the other way. It won't be flat across the top. And you adjust that little uh, trimmer, potentiometer, uh-huh. or not potentiometer, but capacitor in there. And you flatten it out. It is a, I guess I should have said that first. Cool. Everyone over in the chat room. Yeah, I didn't do that on my other scope too much, but on that little DSO, I think it's mm-hmm. DSO one thirty eight when I built one time on Amateur Logic. I did have to tweak around with those when I put it together to uh, to get that right. Yep. Yeah, I've I've had to do it on most scopes that I fool with, but you generally only got to do it once, and and it's there. Mm-hmm. So. This one actually comes with a little adjusting tool there. It's basically an alignment tool. It's got a metal tip, so it fits in there better, but you wouldn't want to do this with, uh, say, a a really, you know, a regular metal screwdriver because, well, it's just not good. So we've got it on times 10. There's a little hole. I'm going to throw it off. Okay. Now you see that that rise there at the very front. Or that little spike. No, not the spike in the chat room. If you go the other way too far, it, it goes opposite. What you want to do is just square it up there. I can change the time base a little more, and then we can see uh, the shoulder there is kind of slumping. Not, not, yeah, kind of slumping. There we go. That might still be a little bit That's off. It's a little off. Get it down to that line there. Oh yeah, you can tell easier then. It's also a lot easier to do if you are looking at the scope instead of at a computer monitor. What is the purpose of the prescolor function on a frequency counter? Is it A, it amplifies low-level signals for more accurate counting? B, it multiplies a higher-frequency signal so a low-frequency counter can display the operating frequency? 
C. It prevents oscillations in a lower-frequency counter-circuit. It divides a higher-frequency signal so a low-frequency counter can display the input frequency. A prescaler. I don't think it's C. I'll agree. It's not C. I want to say it amplifies low signal, low level signals, or it multiplies a higher frequency signal. Multiplies a higher frequency, so a low frequency counter? No. It's not going to be B either. It's going to be A or D. Amplifies a low signal. Finds a higher frequency signal. I don't think it's like a preamp. It's a prescaler. I think it's going to be D. Divides a higher frequency signal. So a low frequency counter can display the input frequency. Kind of like the voltage divider I did on my little Arduino project. Because my Arduino could only measure up to 5 volts. But I needed to measure... 16 volts from my power supply, so I built that. I'm thinking it's something along the same lines of that. Okay. I said, I don't think it's an amplifier, but I don't know for sure. But it's, I think it's either A or D, and I'm thinking it's a D. I'm going to agree with you, just like everyone over in the chat room. There you go. It divides a higher frequency signal so a low frequency counter can display the input frequency. And I've seen this on um, on frequency counters. Uh, what a coincidence. Yep. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> but uh, on, <laughs> I haven't seen it on any recently, although I'm sure there's they still do some of them that way. But there'll be a prescaler that you can turn on. And it's sort of like uh, a times 10 or a times 2 or or whatever the multiplier is. And it does exactly that. It's actually dividing the frequency of the signal going in to read a lower number. Uh, B almost could trip you up, but if you think about that for a minute, that doesn't make any sense no, at all. No, it doesn't. That's what I, had to take. I did a double take on that one, and it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. You're going to multiply the higher frequency so the low frequency counter. That yep. doesn't even, doesn't no. even add up. <laughs> no. What is the effect of aliasing on a digital oscilloscope caused by setting the time base too slow? A, a false jittery low frequency version of the signal is displayed. B, all signals will have a DC offset. C, calibration of the vertical scale is no longer valid. RD, excessive blanking occurs, which prevents display of the signal. What is the effect of aliasing on a digital oscilloscope caused by setting the time base too slow? It's not B. Uh, It doesn't have anything to do with the DC offset. C, calibration of the vertical axis is no longer valid. Now, Actually, I think I know the answer to this one. At least I, what I think I know. Uh, excessive blanking occurs, which prevents display of the signal. Now, well, it only leaves one. I said no on all the others. A, a false, jittery, low-frequency version of the signal is displayed. What do you think, Dean? That's what I think it is. Aliasing, that's kind of what aliasing is on graphics as well. Chat room, 100% A's. Hey. And it is. Cool. All A's. You know? We, We didn't even need to put the batteries in the buzzer tonight. At least not for the first half. Not for the first half. I hope you didn't just jinx us. 
could have happened. Yeah. You never know. Well, what do you say we take a quick break, sniff around the room for the source <laughs> of the electrical <laughs> fire that's still... I don't know. I don't think it's gotten any stronger since no, we started. Actually, it doesn't seem quite as smoky in here. Yeah. I'm thinking it may be that air conditioner, although I don't smell it if I smell right at it. Anyway, don't go away. We'll be right back, barring any uh, electrical emergencies. It's that time of year again. Field day is June 26th to June 27th. ICOM has the base station of your dreams with the IC7300 and 9700 SDR transceivers and the portable SDR transceiver, the IC705. Be a field day leader with ICOM. ICOM's IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various stages to reduce the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 is the radio that changed the way entry-level HF is designed. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. Create your own band opening with the IC9700. Bring direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. This all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you busy. 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time, high-speed spectrum scope, and waterfall display. Smooth satellite operation with 99 satellite channels. Dual watch operation and full duplex operation in satellite mode. Expect top performance on field day with ICOM's IC9700. IC705 is the perfect transceiver for hams who enjoy what both the great indoors and outdoors offer. Features and functionality at the tips of your fingers in a portable package covering HF, 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters, and weight is just under 2 pounds. See the IC705 webpage to view accessories and free software available for download. For more information on all these great field day choices, visit icomamerica.com slash amateur. So courtesy of ICOM America every month, we have a drawing for an ICOM cap and an ICOM hand crew t-shirt. If you want to be entered into next month's drawing, send an email to hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. You don't really have to have a call sign or anything. All you need is a name and an email address. And uh, we will do a drawing for it, and look, hopefully you'll be the lucky winner. of uh, ICOM Ham Crew shirt and a cap, and then usually Jesse puts some extra goodies in the bag as well when he ships it out. And we've just drawn a lucky winner here. It is, well, let's see. He actually included text on his email. He did. He it went said, all out. Hello, Prof and crew. KC9TPR, Bill. It's uh, Bill Dabbs. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's I'm not uh, sure if he's in the chat room tonight or not. I don't think so. Okay. I don't see him in there. Okay, well. well cool. Congrats, Bill. Yeah, congrats. Which of the following is an advantage of using an antenna analyzer compared to an SWR bridge to measure antenna SWR? A. Antenna analyzers automatically tune your antenna for resonance. B. Antenna analyzers do not need an external RF source. C. Antenna analyzers display a time-varying representation of the modulation envelope. Or D, all these choices are correct. Well, all these are not all correct. So I know it's not D. Antenna analyzers automatically tune your antenna. They do not tune your antenna. They'll tell you if it's out of tune. Uh, C, antenna analyzers display time-varying representation of the modulation envelope. Nope. Antenna analyzers do not need an external RF source. That's your answer right there, B. Bravo. And they are—they actually have their own RF source in there. This yeah, is similar to that. 
Exactly like that. And MFJ, this is a 259C. I think they're making the 269s now. Okay. And this one, there's actually an oscillator in it. When you turn this thing on, it's it's generating a little RF signal, and it comes out right here where it's hooked to the antenna and mm-hmm. shoots a signal down there and does your measuring with it. So Should we see if I'm right? It's a good point. I've already looked at the chat room, and everybody says you were right in there. Well, it must be right then. And I was going to agree with you. Okay. Yeah. These are, are really a, handy. This, I know, yeah, it is handy. This is a classic right here. There's a lot of different antenna analyzers out there now. This is probably one of the most popular ones ever sold, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's classic design, and uh, it's kind of a staple. Every ham should have have one, I think. Yeah. Uh, I've also got I've got one like this. I think it's the model maybe prior to this. And I've also got the little UR uh, kit I got from MFJ as well. They sell those, and it's really nice little compact mm-hmm. SWR. Uh, I'm sorry, antenna analyzer about that big. Runs off a couple batteries. It's really nice for uh, taking out in the field. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of different models. Well, MFJ has a number of them, and there's other manufacturers as well. You know, I never really considered one much until I got one and started playing with it. And then I uh, said, yeah, that's the only way to go. Why would you ever go back to an SWR uh-huh. meter? After you've used one, it'd be difficult. You oh, can. Yeah. I mean, if that's all you got, that's all you got. But uh, Yeah, but it, but it sure does make life a lot easier. And faster, too. Which of the following measures SWR? A, a spectrum analyzer. B, a Q meter. C, an ohm meter. Or D, an antenna analyzer. Okay, well, I know a spectrum analyzer doesn't do that. It analyzes a spectrum. Um, B, a Q meter. Well, we know that that measures Q, or the quality of a circuit, or how sharp it is, or the bandwidth, or... Any number of things you want to say about it, but not the SWR. An ohm meter. An ohm meter is, well, that's um, a DC voltage is sent out to measure the resistance of a circuit. It doesn't really tell you anything about impedance, just the pure resistance. And an antenna analyzer, well, you know, that's that's the best looking answer there, you know. You're talking about antennas, and we're measuring SWR. I'm going with D, just like everyone yeah. in the chat and room. we've got one sitting right here. Yep. Could be a clue. And it says SWR on one of those meters, doesn't it? It does, right here. Yep. It's good so enough for me. I'm going with that. Okay. That was a good answer. Clearly. I don't think anybody's missed one tonight in the chat room. No, they actually have been pretty easy so far, I will say. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of knew they were in test equipment. Yeah, that's something that a lot of us have been using. Yeah, and this is a, the extra exam, so if you've made it up through general, there's a good chance you've used a lot of this stuff. Yeah, maybe. Which of the following is good practice when using an oscilloscope probe? A, keep the signal ground connection of the probe as short as possible. B, never use a high impedance probe to measure a low impedance circuit. C, never use a DC couple probe to measure an AC circuit. Or D, all these choices are correct. Uh, I don't think it's going to be D. It's a good practice. Actually, the way it's worded, it sounds like they could all be good practices, doesn't it? Yep. Use a high impedance probe to measure low impedance circuit. Use a DC couple probe to measure an AC circuit. Nah. I think you use a different probe. I 
think it's going to be. I know it's important to keep those probe, those uh, ground probes short. The uh, little ground clip. You talking about like this? Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. See that? Can you? Yeah, you can see it. That's pretty short. I think that's. I think that's going to be the answer. A. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it's going to be a. Yeah. Keep the signal ground connection of the probe as short as possible. This is we're very short, tiny little wire right there too. Yeah, we had a couple of different answers on that one. I'm going to agree with you though. I think it's a as well. It's worded. It's worded pretty tricky. So you'd think D could possibly be it. Never use a high impedance probe to measure a low impedance circuit. Yeah, well, B, um, if you're measuring a low impedance circuit and you use a high impedance probe, all you're essentially doing there is you're not loading the circuit down by using that high impedance probe. So it, that doesn't hurt a thing. Um, never use a DC couple probe to measure an AC signal. Now, I mean. You do that just about any time you turn your scope on, it's going to come on set for DC, and you have to switch it to AC if you want to. Doesn't doesn't hurt a thing if there's DC on there as long as you adjust uh, your your voltage to where it's. But it's the same probe, right? Same probe. So that's, so that's why I didn't think yeah. that's. Yep. As a matter of fact, all probes. Scope probes that I know of are DC coupled because you can measure DC with them as well mm-hmm. if you've got DC on on your scope. And so, yeah, it can't be all of these choices either. Which of the following displays multiple digital signal states simultaneously? A, a network analyzer. B, a bit error rate tester. C, modulation monitor. Or D, a logic analyzer. Which of the following displays multiple digital states simultaneously? Multiple digital signal states simultaneously. Um, a network analyzer, that's not necessarily really used for digital signals. A bit error rate tester, no. That would tell you if there was errors in the signal, maybe. A modulation monitor, of course not. Uh, because that measures modulation, I would say I'm going to say a logic analyzer, because typically those things can look at multiple signals at the same time. Now, if you a logic probe, which is what we used to use, was just a little probe you could measure a high or a low at one point at a time. Mm-hmm. Logic analyzer is. I'm, believe they have multiple inputs on them so you could look at uh, multiple digital signal states at the same time well let's see everybody in the chat room is saying d i think yeah it looks like it mostly mostly let's see oh there's one that wasn't d but now it is so it must be d must be d okay and it is. How should an antenna analyzer be connected when measuring antenna resonance and feed point impedance? A. Loosely couple the analyzer near the antenna base. B. Connect the analyzer via a high impedance transformer to the antenna. B. Loosely couple the antenna and a dummy load to the analyzer. Or D, connect the antenna feed line directly to the antenna or to the analyzer's connector. Okay. Loosely. I'm just going to go ahead straight for the kill on this one. That's got to be D. Connect the antenna feed line directly to the analyzer's connector. So antenna yes. resonance and feed line. So, yeah. So, hook, put the coax, hook your coax straight up to the... PL259 or the SO239, whatever connector right here, and let her go. 
So you're saying if I handed that to you and said, here, go stand out at the base of my antenna, it, I wouldn't get a measurement. Plus, if if, if I wanted you to loosely wanted... couple it. Oh, no, no, you're not going to no. Okay. No. It's got to be directly coupled to here, to the connector on the antenna analyzer. I'll agree. Yep. How'd they do in the chat room? They all agreed on that one. Now, that's pretty good. I mean, it does say antenna right there. Yeah. It'd be pretty hard to mess that up. Yep. Looks oh, like... I imagine somebody could mess it up, but it's not likely. Yeah. What loosely couple would mean is you just kind of like hold it next to whatever you're trying to measure, and that's not going to do anything. And if you connected using a high impedance transformer, you're not measuring the antenna anymore. I mean, you're measuring the impedance, uh -huh. sort of the the transformer there. Hmm. And I don't know about loosely coupling an antenna and a dummy load. How would you loosely couple a dummy load? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. You don't connect it if it's loose, you know. Um, yeah, I no. don't know. Fortunately, it is D, though. You just went for the kill for, on that Straight one. for the throat. Yep. Oh. Speaking of that. <laughs> you know, say, just out of the blue here, I don't have an amateur logic shirt on tonight. I noticed that. I do have this last man standing shirt yeah, from the amateur too. radio club. And it is a nice shirt. But that's not the show I'm watching right now. Neither is amateur logic. Yeah, it's not. But I'm representing. So if I needed, uh, say, a ham college shirt, yeah, where could I find one? Well, you can actually get it at the same place I got this shirt. It's an amateur logic shirt, but you can get a ham college one in the same place. Shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash amateur logic. We've got ham college swag there and amateur logic swag. Cups, caps, shirts, jackets, backpacks, travel mugs, all kind of stuff in there. So check it out. There's got to be something that you uh, that you really need in there. There is a chance, yeah, there could be something you really need in there. They changed the URL on it. It used to be amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com, but now it's shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash amateurlogic. I don't have a ham collared shirt other than the sweatshirt, and it's just a little hot for that tonight. Yeah. Maybe I'll get a ham college T-shirt. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. When I, when I was looking for in there for what I was going to put on, I decided to wear this just representing, but uh, yeah, I need to get one too. Around the 15th of each month, it's Amateur Radio's original and longest-running video podcast, AmateurLogic.tv, with hosts George Thomas, Tommy Martin, Emil Diodonay, and Mike Morneau. Roughly, here's what I have. The bottom trace here is ground. While the elements will jiggle some, they're actually not too bad. It's light. After putting it together, I decided to test everything, so I ran in 12 volts, and I'm measuring the output here. We're in the antenna switching matrix. Any one of our six broadcast transmitters could be connected to any of the 22 antennas. I personally am so thrilled that George got the special award. Well deserved, my friend. That's really cool. Yeah, what about the Super Bowl, Emil? Did you go to the Super Bowl or were you at home uh, operating that night? Tuning my amplifier and Oh, I lost power in the shack and uh, went outside. The house lost power. <laughs> the whole neighborhood went out for about 30 minutes. I, I don't know what happened. Oh, huh. that explains a lot. Now we can take this and put it over inside our box. It's flush to the bottom. If we were to rotate, we can see that thing goes all the way through. So we'll have a hole in the bottom. What ammunition do you use in there? Uh, actually, you can use black powder. You can use um, <laughs> WD-40. You can use you know anything combustible. Um, you just have to use the right quantity. And uh, we assume no responsibility for mishaps. <laughs> Here's what it looks like after I've got them all soldered together and heat shrinked up. Okay, let's give it a try and see how it worked out. So there you have it. 
the hula loop. No, you can't null out the dogs barking. I have two thin film solar cells to run this. Looks like a little mini weather satellite, actually. And uh, I'm using a guitar string for the antennas. I particularly like that last one there. $29.99, you can get a 50-foot garden hose extension cord combo. (laughs) Do not get cord wet. Now, most of these J-poles are built with metal elements of tubing. Uh, The reason I chose wire for this one is the length of this particular one. So I wanted to hang it from the tree so I can hoist it up there. Yeah. Go fishing. We we couldn't find the reel. (laughs) Is that what that is? All right, Tommy, sing the theme song here. What you doing? Feeding the chicken. Well, are you going to take the challenge? Yep, I plan to. You? I'm thinking about it. What about the big guns? Think they'll win? They didn't last year, but then they didn't show up either. Is that why you're feeding the chickens now? Yep. Champions are never afraid of competition. Will you take the challenge? See foxmikehotel.com stroke challenge. I recognize that voice. I recognize the, the chickens, yeah. too. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. They yours? No, those are Frank's. Oh. Yeah. I think he's got them upstairs in the ham shack. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure where he has those chickens. That's our uh, friend Frank Howell is sponsoring that event. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, you know, because most of the contests are, uh, I'll say most, majority of the contests are the, the really big stations with, the, you know, big antennas, big amplifiers, big signals mm-hmm. win most of the contests. And this is one just for uh, for low power, you know, so. Yeah, that's cool. That's, yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, the the big gun stations can participate in it as well, but if you're using low power, you, you're racking up the points quicker. So, yeah. That sounds like fun. Sounds like a fun contest coming up soon. No, it wasn't ducks, uh, Baldrick. No, those were chickens. I, when you first hit that by mistake, I, re- I heard the chickens. I'm like, what in the world is he about to play? Ham chickens. You know what I thought of when I first heard that? Ham seat and chicken. Oh. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Arnie? Yep. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. H-A-M-S-E-A-T-I-N-G. Chicken. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it dot .org or dot .com? .com. It's like May the 19th was their last event there. That's only uh, nine days ago. Yeah. Well, I didn't know how that's active. Their, that's their club, right? Arnie's Club? I think it's a club or it's a group yeah. of them that eat chicken. It's a bunch of chicken eaters. I know that. You told us about it, but you ran it all together as one word. So we were trying to figure out why hams were seeding chicken. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Didn't make much sense. Yep. Uh, email has the answer. Every Thursday, some hams would meet and eat lunch at Ryan's, and we called it hams eating chicken. Ryan has since closed, and now the location for hams eating chicken every Thursday is announced during the Tuesday net, oh, and okay. that's in um, Columbus, Mississippi. That's yeah. I think it's, yeah. I think that's the Lowndes County Amateur Radio Club or something. Lowndes yeah. County something club. I don't know exactly what they call themselves, but yeah. it's Lowndes County Am, Am Club. Cool. Yeah, so I kind now, of forgot about that. I'm going to go back. When I get home, I'm going to look at that site and look over and see what they've been up to. I haven't really heard too much out of those guys too lately. So, Kevin's saying, so now it's hams eating burgers? <laughs> I've that seen works. that. That works, too. Yeah. That used to be what we did after uh, the Jackson Ham Fest here. 
Oh yeah, for a lot Whataburger. of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess we ditched Whataburger and moved to Five Guys. We did, and I can't say that I'm disappointed with that choice. It's no, it's a good choice. It's been good. Well, what's going on on Tuesday nights? You know, we mentioned this before. But there's a special thing that happens every Tuesday night. Oh, it's extra special. The Amateur Logic Soundcheck Net. It's uh, at 8 p.m. Central Time or 0100 UTC. And it's a multi-mode net. Uh, we stream it live on the YouTube stream. If you're watching this sh this uh, stream live, then you can find the net right there as well. Uh, if you want to participate, we've got uh, connections for just about any mode you can think about except... Uh, HF, single sideband. So we've got Echolink, All-Star. I'm not going to read the list, but you can see them right there. Um, you can get in on uh, the easiest one, I guess, is Echolink if you're not into the other digital modes. Almost everybody's got an Echolink account. Uh, but anyway, check in and uh, join us. It's a lot of fun. It usually starts well, it starts right at 8 p.m. We have uh, pairs of operators. or four pairs of operators that rotate uh, who's going to call the net. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So you're, you're encouraged to check in with multiple modes. If you check in with D-Star, uh, wait till the next one and check in with Echo Link and test out all the modes that you've got. Uh, it's kind of encouraged. We usually have a question every week of some ham variety, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It sparks some uh, interesting conversation there. And if you got some free time on Tuesday, come check it out. I think you'll like it. Mm -hmm. And if... You know, we don't really have any fraternities here at the college. No. But we do have a lot of social stuff going on. And you can find us throughout the month at facebook.com slash groups slash ham college or yeah, slash can, amateur logic. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at ham college. We're also at ham college at uh, amateur logic as well. But uh, mm -hmm. anyway. And you can, well, I can't see what it says there. Let me see if I can. MeWe? Yeah. MeWe.com forward slash join forward slash ham college. Or groups.io slash G slash amateur logic. So any of those places uh, catch up with our, our high society. Yeah, we've also got, it's not on the list, but we've also got an amateur logic Instagram account. Uh, you can follow us there. We usually don't post much to it unless we're doing some type of an event. And with all the stuff that's gone on the last year and a half, has been much of that going on, but that should be picking up here shortly. So you may want to join that group as well. Yep. Or follow that account, rather. And if you'd like show notes of what was in each episode, you can do that at the AmateurLogic.tv wiki. AmateurLogic.tv slash wiki. What a convenient name. Did kind convenient of work out. URL. Yeah. It did. Well, with that, I think that's all we've got for tonight's show. Uh, 100% score. Everyone, well, yeah. May not be so lucky next week. No. This uh, extra extra stuff, this might be the easiest uh, group of questions that we've had since we started the extra exam. Yep. And we want to give a shout-out to a recent graduate here who just finished her studies and passed her exam with flying colors on the general exam. Kelly, and I don't remember Kelly's call sign right off, but uh, of Marty and Kelly. Awesome. Yep. Congratulations, Kelly. Yep. And she, I can't remember the score now. Was it 100%? Uh, I'm pretty sure he said she didn't miss any of them. Yep. K-E-0-E-W-K. All I can say is I think she probably did better on the exam than the faculty did. Uh, yeah, I think she did. <laughs> she nailed it. Didn't miss a question. Finished in nine minutes. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know she did better than the wow, professor that's did. Wow, that's impressive. 
Yeah, you know, she's actually corrected us a couple times on a few things as we've gone along through here as well. And uh, we all came out better so, because of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I, it doesn't surprise me that she did so well. Yep. Wow. Congratulations, Kelly. Well, any final thoughts before we put the ribbons on this one tonight? No, it was, it was a fun one. Like I said, it was kind of easy. Uh, so the, those of you that came here looking for some buzzer action, you'll have to come back next month, and it's uh, a good chance you could hear some then. Yeah, I don't think the questions will be quite as easy as they were this time. Uh, I doubt it. Yeah. All right. And hopefully the building will still be here. Or, or that you'll know if we're in an alternate location. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> it's really not funny. <laughs> no. And I'll just say the next Amateur Logic is going to be on the 15th of the month, around about there. So join us then live when we'll have... Uh, the cheap old man himself, KE5QKR, and Magic Mike, VE3MIC, and the whole crew, Ladine and myself here. We don't know what we're going to be talking about yet, but it's generally something. Generally cheap. Generally cheap, yep. That is At least correct. part of it. Yep. And don't forget about Amateur Logic Shorts. On the weeks that we do not have a ham college on Amateur Logic, we've been posting little short videos to the Amateur Logic YouTube channel. Go there and check those out as well. It's just little brief segments uh, like you would see on Amateur Logic, although they're not the same ones. And you can check those out during the the off weeks. And yeah, if you, if you watch on the Roku or Amazon Fire Stick or one of those other things using our app. Uh, go join the YouTube channel. Uh, anyway, uh, subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube channel because those shorts are only there. If if you don't do the YouTube channel, then you're going to miss them. We don't publish those to Roku and the others. So um, anyway, be sure and go do that so you won't miss out. Okay. Well, seven three everyone. Thanks for joining us and. Good luck on your test. Yep, 73, everybody. Propagation protection. Protection. I wonder if I've got it on manual focus. Probably. <laughs> what? Probably a horrible picture. That's right scary. <laughs> That's all I can say. You know, I was just thinking. I think just before the show, a little earlier this afternoon, I was thinking, you know, the only... <laughs> That's not what I... That's... <laughs> I wonder if they heard that. Yeah, they did. <laughs>